Welcome to the Innovation Engine Podcast. Since 2014, we've been bringing you conversations with some of the world's leading authorities on innovation. Topics we cover include technology, culture, leadership, and more. Coming to you from Three Pillar Global Studio in Fairfax, Virginia, here's your host, Will Sherlin. Welcome back to the Innovation Engine Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll be looking at the upcoming O'Reilly Design Conference, which will run from March 19th to March 22nd in San Francisco. Among the topics we'll discuss are who the conference is geared toward, some of the most topical points in the design space attendees can expect to hear about, and what the future of design holds beyond the traditional user interfaces to which we've all become accustomed. Here with us today to discuss all that and more is Mary Tressler. Mary is the Strategic Content Director at O'Reilly Media and the co-chair of the O'Reilly Design Conference. In this role, she helps shape the agenda for the conference by choosing speakers and topics for the four-day conference, creating tracks for the design training courses that make up the first two days of the conference, and much more. Mary has been with O'Reilly Media for more than 10 years and she has been a key part of the company's mission to spread the latest knowledge on cutting-edge topics in the technology space, like artificial intelligence, big data, design, security, software, and more. Welcome to the podcast, Mary. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let me start off today by asking about the target audience for the conference. If listeners out there are wondering if it might be something worth putting on their schedule for this year, what types of people and roles is it geared toward? Sure. So the audience for the conference is a, it's a collection of, of titles, as you might guess, in the design community um, and beyond product designers, interaction designers, UX designers. Um, we've had user researchers there. I'd say it's for anybody that's involved in contributing to the design of products or services. Last year's attendees included people in all of these positions I just mentioned, plus software developers. We saw some C-level folks. What was interesting to me from a demographic standpoint is we also see folks from all sorts of industries, um, as well as companies and organizations. So companies of all sizes, startups, uh, design agencies, government agencies, as well as a fair number of independent consultants. So I'd say that I think the mix that we're seeing reflects the increasingly collaborative and pervasive nature of design. Yeah. And to give listeners a sense of how competitive the process is, how many submissions did you, did you get from people looking to speak at this year's design conference? Oh, boy. Well, this is a this is a big one. We get hundreds hundreds of proposals for about 50 openings. So it is um, a bit competitive, but we're always looking for fresh voices. So what I would say to anybody listening, don't be dissuaded <laughs> from putting in a proposal for future conferences if you're if you're listening to this. We really try to work on getting some um, new and fresh voices in every year. So if we see something in the proposal process, if we see like a proposal that we think is promising, but we have a lot of questions about it, we'll reach out to the person that submitted the proposal. In a lot of cases, we work with speakers to help develop their talk. So 
Leah Bully, I should mention, who's my co-chair for the conference, along with we have this awesome program committee, which is about 15 designers in the field. We review all of the proposals, um, comment on them, have conversation about them. And then Leah and I have the tough decisions of, of programming the final agenda for it. But one of the other things I want to mention is that, you know, I'm, I manage the content here at O'Reilly and for design and it's not just the conference. So if we see something promising in one of the proposals and we just simply don't have the space for it, I'll reach out to that individual or somebody on my team will to talk to them about working with us in other ways, such as doing an online course or a video training. And when you're evaluating possible talks, what are some of the key factors that go into deciding who actually gets chosen to speak? Sure. Um, it's a great question, and it's one I love to talk about. In <laughs> fact, I wrote um, <laughs> I wrote a Medium post about this, and it was, it was born out of essentially going through proposals and seeing the same p- patterns and, and frankly, anti-patterns. And so what I look for in proposals, what we all look for on the, on the team really, is a focus on what the speaker can offer attendees. I think that's the number one. It sounds pretty simplistic, but you um, can imagine at times people will write proposals about how wonderful their work is without ever really connecting it to the audience. And so we look for that. I also look for original. I mentioned earlier, it's not required that something be brand new, but we do look for new things. If, if somebody's given a talk somewhere else, I will tell them to, you know, let us know how they're changing it up or if they've added some perspective to it. That's what we look for. I really think that the thing that we, um, in the end, I look for every year is making sure that it aligns with the themes of the event. We talk about design through several different lenses and making sure that you connect how your talk reinforces the message that we're trying to get across is really important. And I would say one final thing about this is to be clear on how you plan to connect with your audience. One of the things that I look for in proposals is an interesting perspective, but one that connects to the audience. So for instance, we've had folks speak in the past on design and government agencies, for instance. And what I look for is to make sure that they're not just sharing the lessons they've learned, but they're really connecting the dots for the attendees to understand how those lessons could be applied, for instance, in the private sector. So I think those are some of the the main things that I look for. And you mentioned the themes for the conference in that answer. There are three overarching category types that this year's talks fall into, which are beyond the screen, bridging design, technology, and business, and technology tools and process. So I imagine those themes change up from year to year. How did you land on those three for the 2017 O'Reilly Design Conference? Sure. So um, they've actually remained fairly consistent from 2016 to 2017, and that's somewhat intentional. It's really how we view the space and my observations on what I think is important to the design community. So I'll give you a little bit about, um, about each, if that's okay. Sure, of course. Um, So beyond the screen for us, we're really talking about the evolution of design, things like connected devices, really fun stuff like robots and autonomous cars. And of course, everyone's talking about chatbots. But we're also looking at new models of interaction like um, designing for voice. 
So we have a lot of really awesome talks coming out on machine learning at the conference, on VR. We actually have a workshop, a half-day workshop from Catherine McElroy on designing prototypes. So prototyping with Arduino. Um, and another one on building and testing a voice user interface. Um, and finally, a one on um, designing chatbots. So we're trying to make sure that we're covering the future looking developments within design. But then, you know, you mentioned tech design and business. And to me, this is sort of foundational and and something that we've always viewed as, as interesting, which is you need all three of these things to be successful from an organization standpoint. And so we look at design from both a strategic and an organizational level, in addition to talking about it at the product level. I like to think of it as the three-legged stool, um, and you need all three. I think there are names that have been thrown around about this for quite some time. Katie Dill at Airbnb, actually in one of the podcasts that I interviewed her on, she calls it the Triforce. Um, so there's so many interesting, yeah, the Triforce. I mean, the Triforce be with you, right? <laughs> that is very catchy. Yeah, it is. And um, so we're just seeing so much going on in the space, right, in 2016. And I think 2017 is is really going to be the year for big, big developments. And I think an emphasis by organizations that are hoping to realize their investment in design. So we're covering things at the conference um, in this space on things like analytics and pricing models, which you would think, why would designers need to know about that? But what I've witnessed from talking to designers that are further on in their careers is as they move up into the director level, um, they're being asked to think about things at a product strategy level. And those are certainly not things that they were given in their design education. So we have things like um, product strategy for designers, which is a two-day course happening before the event. We also have this super two-day course called the Two-Day MBA. And we came up with it last year, and it's uh, a two-day course by a professor who's at um, UCLA's business school. And it's really intended to help designers speak um, the language of business. And it's sold out, so we're repeating it again this year. And then another one that's really interesting is uh, Kristen Skinner and Peter Merholtz, who wrote this great book called Org Design for Design Orgs. They're giving a half-day workshop on managing and leading design teams. So the third I want to mention is Tech Tools and Process. This is kind of an interesting sort of old school meets new school. So to me, when I look at this space, I think about both traditional tools and methodologies, things that have been around for a while, as well as the new ones. So things like prototyping and storyboarding and journey mapping, um, along with design sprints and lean UX and personas. I mean, there's all these different tools and techniques and methodologies that designers are using. And I would argue that as the rate of change increases for designers, these fundamental tools and, and um, technologies are really becoming more important for designers to adhere to. So as we've talked about a little bit already, there's a murderer's row of speakers lined up to talk at the conference, the likes of Julie Zhu from Facebook, Alan Cooper, speakers from Nike, Google, Amazon Web Services, are there any talks that you're really excited to hear this year? Sure. I, where to begin, right? 
<laughs> all of um, them, right? I, that, well, that's the problem. All of them. I mean, I'll give you a few to give you a taste of sort of where my head's at. But honestly, I think I said this on stage last year, which is a little embarrassing. So I'll continue to embarrass myself. It's a little like Christmas to me or a birthday and watching this conference come together once you're there. For me personally, I'm excited to hear from, oh gosh. So let's see, John Allspa and Randy Hunt, who are uh, the CTO and head design lead at uh, Etsy, are coming to talk about how design and engineering work together. Um, so I think that should be super interesting. They're sitting down on the main stage. Also, Simon Endres from Red Antler. He's the creative director and a partner at Red Antler, which is this agency um, in Brooklyn, New York. They are the folks behind, I don't know if you've heard of All Bird Sneakers, but um, they do a bunch of really interesting, the Casper, uh, I think it's a mattress or bed, but they do a bunch of really interesting things. And the All Birds, I own a pair. If you don't have a pair, go buy a pair. They're like the most comfortable sneaker you've ever seen. And they're very stylish. But he's coming out to talk about the branding and um, storytelling, as well as sustainable design and what they went through in building these um, these wool sneakers. You mentioned Julie from uh, Julie Zhu from uh, Facebook. She's coming out to talk about design and measurement. Uh, I, I imagine people listening to this know her writing, but if you don't, go check her out on Medium. She writes some really thoughtful pieces. Um, Peter Morville. Um, who I adore. He's the author of the Polar Bear book, as well as a few other titles, the Polar Bear book, meaning uh, information architecture. He is coming out to talk about strategic design. Kat Holmes, um, who I'm super stoked to see. She's principal design director for inclusive design at Microsoft. So she's coming out to talk about designing for diversity. A few others that um, I'm, I'm excited about her. Dan Hill from Arup. Um, he's the author of the book Dark Matter. And he's known for his website as well as um, just talking a lot about designing experiences for buildings and for cities and for spaces. So he's coming out to talk about that. And then finally, um, this is the one that sort of makes me want to pinch myself, Barry Katz. And he is coming out to talk about the evolution of design. If you don't know who he is, he actually has written a number of books, but the most recent one is called Make It New. And it's really about the history and evolution of design in Silicon Valley. So we're excited to have him out. He's affiliated with Stanford, with CCA, and he's also a fellow at IDEO. Okay, nice. Yeah, definitely an impressive lineup of, uh, of, of speakers. And I will have to go get a pair of those shoes uh, maybe I will. Uh, maybe I'll ask for them for uh, for Christmas for my wife. Once upon a time, I was a sneakerhead. I can no longer say uh, that, but perhaps I can renew my status as a, as a sneakerhead with a pair of those shoes. That's uh, excellent. <laughs> so, in doing a little bit of research for the podcast, Mary, I looked at the resources section on the Design Conference website. And I noticed that you too are a podcaster. Um, so you you host the O'Reilly Design Podcast, uh, on which you've talked to some great guests about topics like designing for Alexa, progressive approaches to IoT design, designing for voice at Nuance, and many more. So I'm sure that all of the episodes are great. Uh, they can be found at soundcloud.com slash O'Reilly-Radar. But do you have a few favorite episodes that you might direct our listeners to check out? 
Sure. Um, gosh, a few. Here we go again, right? <laughs> um, but uh, some are older. Um, and, and it, you know, when um, I thought about this question, I thought, oh, who have I talked to? Because, well, you know, you kind of lose track of they're all so interesting. And then you go back and remember sort of a walk down memory lane. But I will say that it's hard to pick just one, but here are a few um, that that really kind of uh, made me, my brain stretch. And I think people will find interesting. Phil Gilbert, I think is, he was one of the, the first ones I will say that I, I started with and he's, he's leading the whole change management at IBM. He is the GM of design at IBM. And as um, folks probably know, they're hiring, I think they're, they're saying 1500 designers into the company. I think they're currently at around 1100 or 1200. Um, and they're embedding them throughout IBM. So he has some interesting stories to share. Um, Mike Kuniavsky, who I could listen to all day long, um, <laughs> he's at uh, Park and he talks about the Internet of Things. And um, specifically, I think it's interesting to hear his thoughts on predictive analytics. Kristen Skinner, who I've already mentioned, she uh, is at Capital One and she manages and leads design teams there. And I think she has a lot of interesting insights um, Steph Hay, who's also at Capital One, I just recently sat down with her and she talked about building the the Capital One Alexa skill, which is super relevant and hot and, and great to hear about. Others that I've talked to include uh, folks like Max Burton, who I didn't know much about. Um, he runs his own agency in uh, his own design agency in San Francisco, but he's worked with Nike and or at Nike, and he's worked on things like the Disney Magic Bands, has great stories and insights again. Um, and then just a few others around the voice space, uh, Chris Maury and Kathy Pearl are both folks that are involved in designing uh, voice user interfaces. Uh, and Chris is uh, at Conversant Labs. He founded Conversant Labs, uh, been based in, I think it's in Philly. But he started his company because he found out he was going he was going to lose his sight. And so he's building tools for other folks to be able to build um, voice applications, which is super inspiring. So um, the podcast, as you know, there are a lot of great fun. Uh, this week alone, I am recording three, which you can um, you can you know how that feels personally. <laughs> Uh, I do. And, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. So good luck to you. Right, right. <laughs> so I did it to myself. It was my own scheduling. Uh, but it's really fun because I look at my week and think, wow, I have Randy Hunt from Etsy coming on, Jay Trimble from NASA, um, and Andra Kay, who is designing robots. I mean, you know, sometimes I just think somebody's paying me to like get on and, and, and talk to such interesting folks. What a great job. So yeah, no, that actually sounds pretty cool. I would wish that on people. And if any of the previous <laughs> podcast guests are listening, of course, I would wish that on everyone. It's they're all great fun actually to produce. They are just a lot of work, as you know. Yes. Uh, so let me ask you, you've talked to some of the leading quote unquote design minds on your podcast over the course of its history. You just mentioned some serious heavy hitters in the last answer. What are some of the qualities that you see or hear that some of the best designers in the world seem to have in common? It's an interesting question. I love this question. I would say there's there's a few. I mean, there's plenty. But I think the ones that sort of jump out at me are when I talk to folks, there's this um, that are really leading the charge. There's this, this sense that they want 
they want better. They want to do better. And there's always room to improve. And I, I look at that both as like a personal thing for them, as well as in the projects they're looking at, as well as, you know, the world that we're living in, right? So there's this, this, this thought of like, okay, things are good, but we could do better. I think the other thing that I see in them is this natural curiosity, you know, the growth mindset of, of wanting to learn and, and continue to learn and being really motivated. Another thing that I see with folks is a self-awareness. So, you know, knowing what their strengths and weaknesses are and when to bring other people into the fold, um, when to bounce ideas off of folks. And, and knowing how to surround yourself with people that kind of fill in your weaknesses. And then just a couple more. I want this. This is kind of weird or funny, maybe. But I think that there's this kindness about the folks that I've talked to. And I, I got thinking about it. And it's really about everyone needs to work with other people. We all are in situations where we're collaborating and I think that the folks, the influential designers and leaders that I've been talking to, they appreciate and work really hard at working well with other people. So I don't think that can ever be underestimated. And I think the final thing for for me, what I've seen is they all embrace change. And I, and we all talk about it all the time. Change is constant. But the folks that really embrace it and really say, okay, I'm going to direct how we remap the boundaries of what we're doing and where we're going tend to be the people that are leading. Okay, nice. And it's, it's funny you mentioned the kindness. When I was doing a recap episode with our CEO, David DeWolf, and he was asking me about my experience hosting the podcast. And if I'd been surprised by anything, I think was his question. And my answer was, I've, I've been surprised by how nice everybody is that I've talked to. Um, hmm. You know, people are... are genuinely willing to freely give up their time to come and talk to a complete stranger for half an hour about, uh, you know, about their work. But it's obviously something that they find deeply interesting or else they wouldn't be willing to do that, I imagine. Yes, absolutely. So there are a number of high profile sponsors for this year's conference. Can you touch on who the sponsors are and maybe a bit about why they see design as an area that is of utmost importance to their companies? Sure. Um, you know, I don't want to speak for them, but I can say that, you know, the some of the sponsors that we have, IBM, uh, Spotify, Nareva, Etsy, Adobe, Envision. Um, I think the thing that that I see anyway in, in viewing what they're doing and what they're working on is they all share an appreciation for the value of design and and really recognize that, um, the user experience, um, the customer experience is critical to um, their organization, um, to their success. Yeah. And, and how long has the design conference been around? And I'm sure there have been many, but can you touch on a few highlights of previous conferences that stand out to you? Sure. You'd think it's been around forever, right? Um, <laughs> it, uh, it's been around for, uh, one year. It's been around since 2016. This is it. Oh, no kidding. So, yeah. So we put on the first conference, um, in January of 2016. And, um, it was after several years of, of kind of looking at the space. And I, I spent a good deal of time, 
um, going out to other conferences and working with designers. O'Reilly as an organization has been working in the design space for quite some time, but we didn't have this sort of formal commitment to the community that we do now. So we published, I mentioned earlier, the Information Architecture book. Uh, That book is um, boy, I think it's 18 years old now. And a lot of people refer to it has a polar bear on the, on the cover of refer to it the pol- as the polar bear book. But, um, so where, you know, this is, this is really, this is number two, the sophomore effort. Right. And, um, you know, one of the things that we really hope to do is do better than we did last year, which will be quite a challenge. I think we're, we're in good shape, but we had some fantastic folks at last year's event, Margaret Gould Stewart, um, spoke from Facebook, and we had Tony Fidel on stage with Tim O'Reilly. We had Eric Quint from 3M, which was fantastic. Um, but as you can probably imagine, I adore this community, and I love watching people get together and learn and connect. Um, so th- the goal is really to try to make it better every single year. Yeah, very nice. Well, uh, it sounds like a fantastic event. I am hoping to get signed off for my bosses to be out there. And I will certainly use this podcast episode as a good reason why I should be. Uh, Mary, thanks so much for joining us today to talk about uh, the 2017 O'Reilly Design Conference. Look forward to hearing more from you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. If you'd like to learn more about Mary Tressler, you can follow her on Twitter at, at Mary Tressler. You can follow O'Reilly Media at at O'Reilly Media, and you can read more about the O'Reilly Design Conference and the other conferences O'Reilly puts on at O'Reilly.com conferences. As we mentioned in the intro, the O'Reilly Design Conference will take place from March 19th to 22nd in San Francisco. UX designers, product designers, interaction designers, user researchers, managers, and entrepreneurs will share important lessons on how to make a lasting impact on your organization and the world beyond through design. Plan on attending and you'll get practical training on things like machine learning, wearable tech, designing for the IoT, bots, and virtual reality. You can get 20% off the ticket price by registering with the code PC Innovation. Thanks again to Mary Tressler for joining us for this episode of the podcast. And thank you for joining us. Don't forget to tune in next time when we're excited to have Machek Kranz on the podcast to talk about building the Internet of Things. Among the topics we'll discuss are why the IoT in many ways represents the next generation of the Internet, the implications that has for companies in a wide range of industries, and words of wisdom for those looking to dip their toes into the IoT waters for the very first time. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. The Innovation Engine podcast is produced by Three Pillar Global, a product lifecycle management and software development company based in Fairfax, Virginia. You can subscribe to the Innovation Engine on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher Radio. And you can also ensure that you never miss an episode by going to threepillarglobal.com podcast and subscribing to receive fresh episodes in your inbox each time one comes out. You can also download our very own iOS app by going to the iTunes App Store and searching for the Innovation Engine Podcast.